Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 44, The Green Mountain Parkway. It was such a hotly contested issue that it pitted friend against friend and members of family within themselves and members of political parties against other members of the same political party and newspaper against newspaper. At the time, it was called the Second Battle of the Wilderness. 1933, and Colonel William J. Wilgus, an engineer and summer Vermont resident, proposes that Vermont build a scenic highway, the Green Mountain Parkway, modeled on Virginia's Skyline Drive. Running the entire length of Vermont, the parkway will have a minimum 1,000-foot federally protected right-of-way and will culminate at Jay in a 20,000-acre wilderness park. Proponents, including Governor Stanley Wilson and the State Chamber of Commerce, see the parkway as a way of bringing federal public works money into Vermont, thereby providing needed Depression-era jobs and fostering economic development. Opponents, including the Speaker of the House, Rutland Herald, and the Green Mountain Club, fear both federal intrusion and the road's impact on the environment. Ironically, as historian Nancy Graff points out, an earlier version of such a road came from one of the parkway's strongest opponents. Something like this was being talked about all the way back in 1910 when the uh, Green Mountain Club was being formed. And part of the vision of the Green Mountain Club was to make the mountains play a bigger part in the whole life of the people of the state. So early on in that debate, people started talking about, well, it's not physically possible for many people to hike the length of the state. What if we had a road? But in 1933, the Green Mountain Club led the opposition. University of Vermont political science professor Frank Bryan. This is a great issue. Why shouldn't we have a road up Mount Mansfield so someone uh, in a wheelchair or someone older can enjoy that breathtaking splendor? On the other hand, if you've ever climbed up over the edge and stepped onto a an asphalt parking lot, you kind of say, what, what did I do this for? And a, a lot of people believe that mountaintops are generically lonely places, and they have to be, or they're not mountaintops. Some proponents foresaw an increase in tourism and revenue. Others, however, argued that, in fact, there wasn't a whole lot of interest to visit Vermont, that the road would just be used to speed people between Canada and Boston and New York. They also objected to the fact that the uh, parkway would essentially create up to a seven-mile wide swath bisecting the state, and they said it would create a strip of foreign territory, and they didn't think you should have to cross through foreign territory to go from the east to the west side of the state. Vermonters also argued that it would bring in all these outsiders with different standards, and Vermont's values would be undermined. The proponents said that Vermont had this splendid isolation that they needed to make available to humanity. Others invoked more practical arguments. I think the critical issue was that, uh, well, it might be nice, but after all, we've got hundreds of miles of gravel gap roads on main highways that need it so much worse that people use constantly, and why should we waste all this money, even though it was uh, primarily federal money, trying to build a road over uh, the mountains of Vermont. Keith Wallace of Waterbury is a third-generation farmer and former state legislator. Some of us who had tried to 
negotiate uh, mud roads, having mud and water up to the bottom of the car. Just felt that uh, good roads where we needed them were much more important. The parkway debate continued through 1935 when the idea was narrowly defeated in the legislature. That fall, Vermont's new governor, John Smith, called a special legislative session to reconsider the issue. This time, the parkway passed, contingent on a public referendum to permit the state to sell the bonds to raise the money to buy the right-of-way to give to the federal government. This was the biggest public debate of this century and was, in my view, a great flowering of the democratic process. On town meeting day, March 3, 1936, Vermonters voted, crushing the parkway by over 12,000 votes. According to Frank Bryan, If one were to try to point to a moment in Vermont's history uh, that was a turning point, for kind of uh, environmental consciousness, I think this would be the moment, the time when Vermont said uh, in its town meetings through the mouth of the common people that we don't want our mountains, as Ralph Nading Hill said, hitched together. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org slash donate.